So, hello and welcome to another Mac and Football show or Friday Night Football, depending on where you're watching it and how you're consuming it. I'm on the Mackham, and today I have Jacob with me. DJ should be joining. Evening, Jacob. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, and we also have um, Brad from RWA joining us. He said he might be a couple of minutes late, so um, yeah, the call's open to seven people, and at the moment it's me and Jacob. So... Uh, rather than dwell on who's not here, we'll, we'll talk about who is here. Jacob, how's your week been since our last live stream? In all right. Um, uh, got a, two, some assignments back from college and passed them. Good. Well done. Congratulations. Yeah. Getting got, a merit in, got a merit in one of them. Very good, mate. Very good. Um, mm. Rosie's in the chat, by the way. Good evening, Rosie. How am I? I'm very good. Thank you very much. Hope you are too, Liam K. Hello, hello, hello. Um, so this this stream also goes on podcasting. So if you want to get involved in it, just find Anthem Mackham on YouTube, and uh, we'll we'll talk about what's happening. Should we talk about what's happening last week, the Coventry match, and then go into what we think about uh, our next match tomorrow against? Stoke City at the Stadium of Light with Alex Neil. Good evening, Elliot. Um, hope we put Alex Neil back in this place. So, yeah, we've got a bit of a flexible way through it. If you're watching it on video, you can see the live score lines of the games around the rest of the league. There's one happening right now. And Hull City have took the lead against West Bromwich Albion. Is, does that surprise you much, mate? Um, No. No? Why not? Uh, it's, it's football, isn't it? Because you're you're always, you're always going to get some underdogs winning. To be fair, but I think West Brom should be winning it. But it's and it's the championship as well. So I, I think both these teams, um, Hull and West Brom, have had a turbulent season. The fact that both of them are teetering on top half finishers now is an absolute miracle. And fair play to Hull on on rescuing where they were at say before the World Cup break um, same with West Brom West Brom were looking absolutely woeful under Steve Bruce but since they got rid of him they've they've come alive and they've climbed into the top 12 so you know what uh, not happy they've nicked our song Rosie which song have they nicked I'm, that's a new one on me <laughs> I bet it I bet it, you know, take over everywhere we go. I bet it's something like that, in it? But instead of Sunderland, they'll say, you know. To be fair, the takeover one is just, it's like my garden shed. Every club has it. It's, <laughs> I don't think we can say we own everywhere we go because, I mean, other we do. Clubs. Yeah. Other clubs do it, but we do actually take, Sunderland do take over everywhere we go. The return of the Baldy man. Dean, welcome. Are you bald? I'm wearing a cap. How can you? How can you tell? I'm also look here. I'm not baldy, man. <laughs> we always take over at Wembley, don't we? So, oh yes, we can talk about the Mags result as well. That's funny. I forgot about that. I think we um we should wait for everybody else joining in on that one for for a little bit of uh um oh yeah 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 we'll have a bit of a group laugh around that. 
She says, can't help falling in love with you by Elvis Presley. Okay. Copywriting bastard. I mean, we, we, it's lit we copied off Elvis, so. <laughs> Copy we off. Because, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to sing it because I'm going to butcher it and your ears and your eyes don't ever, ever need to see that. It's not the X Factor, no. Um, all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into the first game, the Coventry match. I'm in the process of doing the League Update video, and I've had to endure rewatching that highlight in slow motion on replay, and I am more livid now than I was on the day. And if you're watching the live stream last week, you know how pissed off I was at that game. So, Jacob, before I delve into how pissed off I'm at, at that match and at the initial decisions with the referee, what did you think? I think the first half, we were actually pretty... We were good in first half, and we seemed to be in their half quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And at some point, we should have got a free kick, but of course, ref being a bell end didn't give it. And then, I think where it was end at first half, they got their first goal, which should have been disallowed because it was a foul on two of our players. Mm -hmm. Second half, not too great. We seemed to have sat back a bit, and then we were one man short for their second goal. And then, I mean, we got a little goal back, but by the 80th minute, I was saying that the game was over. Yeah, by, by the 80th minute, and that shouldn't—I shouldn't be saying that. I shouldn't—I should really not be saying that. And not that they're a good side, but it's no excuse still. It's no excuse. There's there's a couple of positives we can take from it, but also, yeah, the the fact that we are we're more talking about how the referee dominated the game rather than the players is a huge sign that something needs to change. Um, holistically, logistically, however you want to put it, in the EFL, in the Anywhere outside the Premier League, it's just the unfairness is ridiculous. And I don't know or I haven't heard of any repercussions from the referee in that match for how blatant he just screwed up. There's absolutely no way he should ever be refereeing at this level. It was that bad. And we weren't the only game this, um, this weekend that had issues with their referee. It's it's not unique to Sunderland. It's just we don't ever yeah. seem to get the rub of the green with with the refs. The refs, the amount of the stats for this game speak for themselves. Essentially, they quadrupled the fouls that we given on them, but they only had three yellow cards at the end of the day. It, it was an absolute shambles. They were crunching people. Their studs were showing, um, and I can't blame their goal scorers. Um, Allen in the 25th minute by the way and Yaikarez in the 89th they played to the whistle I can't blame them for not stopping because the referee didn't tell them to stop even though they should have um, Dale's popped in at the chat welcome Dale and he's just said we have lost far too many 13 out of 34 games and the refs are really bad we've actually not lost 13 games but it depends. Do you count the cup, the FA Cup games and Carabao Cup games as losses? Because then, yeah, we have lost 13. But we've only lost 11 in the league and only 11's 
a bit of an oxymoron. That's quite a lot of losses. But we're we're not that far adrift from the playoff pack, really. We're what four points, so a win against Stoke on the weekend, and we could be one point back into in contention with those playoff places. I just think the the first goal, the twenty twenty fifth minute goal. They fouled us three times. I, I I watched the highlights back. You can literally see um, Ahmed on the floor, then Clark's on the floor, and then I think it's Roberts as well. I can't, I can't remember who the third person on the floor was, but the last one was the most blatant, crunching tackle. It was a scissor tackle. It should have been a red card if it was VAR. I think that is a potential bit to yellow to red on that incident. And the referee was just like, get up fuck off and there's three players on the floor and there's a huge gap for Sunderland to cover and they break through they play they place the whistle and um yeah they score the goal and that that for me is the exact reason I want VAR um so yeah Jacob VAR do you think it's a good thing and Elliot's just popped in, in the chat with a VAR comment as well, so I'll read that in a sec. But what's your thoughts on VAR? Well, it's like it's like Marmite. You either love it or you hate it, and it's quite... It can go against you, and it can go for you one week. You know, like one week it might be against you, next... You know, it's 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 never going to be spot on, And but I do yeah. think it needs to be in the championship, because then decisions will go our way more when we have bad referees, if, if you get what I mean. Yeah, so, so it's yeah. It is shocking that it's not in championship. It needs to come, but you kind of you're reiterating what Elliot's saying here. By the way, in the chat, do you not think VAR is making refs worse? If a ref used it in the prem, they become reliant on it, and then when in the championship, they're lost without it. If that referee was a Premier League referee at any stage, my god, that game would have been an absolute carnage. Uh, what do you call it? What was that game? Destruction Derby, where you just the cars used to crash into each other and stuff and blow up. It yeah, it was horrific. Brad, I can see you've joined the call. You're on mute at the minute, so once you figure that out, welcome yes, along. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. I'm just gonna turn your volume down a tad because you were very loud. <laughs> I'm quite loud, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Welcome along, buddy. Thank you for coming along. Um no would- problem. We're just we've got a bit of a plan of attack with this um with this discussion. We're talking about the Coventry game first. We are talking about the Alex Neal press conferences and the Stoke game tomorrow. Then there's a little bit extra that we can talk about as well in the how do I put it? <laughs> the the final, shall we say, where the the red team won. Should we say, and we'll we'll move on to that last. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm just saying how angry and pissed off I am at, at the ref. I'm actually not upset that we lost the game to Coventry. I'm just upset that the referee handled the game in the way he did, and it was so so poorly managed from an officiating standpoint. I I think that kind of game has potentially cost us the playoffs. Those two three points that we could have gotten from that game, the, the the one point or the three points, sorry, not two three points. It's it's so blatant that that referee was making mistakes. How do we overcome them going forward? 
and very oh, difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rosie's popped in there as well. Their goalkeeper should have been sent off for having his hands around Gelhart's neck as well. Yeah, I seen it once in the second half. He had um, one of their goalkeepers. I think it was Ben Wilson. He mm-hmm. had um, Yagi's um, hands on Joe Gelhart's throat. Yep, and BAR would have picked that up. They would have been down to ten men, and they would have had a replacement goalkeeper who wasn't really expecting to play. So there's another reason I think Sunderland could have won that game if VAR was in place. But 100%. I, I, I can't, I, I genuinely can't blame the players on the pitch for Coventry's performance because the referee was allowing them to make those slide tackles. Um, it, either of you, do you just want to, do you just want to chip in there? So more so, so pretty much what you're saying, Amph, is you're angry at the way we lost, not at pretty much like the way we lost. It won't like because of us being shit. It were more so. I don't, don't yeah. Don't get me wrong though. We did have a poor performance over over the like ninety minutes. Yeah, the second half, like the first half, we were in it. We were we were ready for it. We were fighting at it, and then just everything went against us officiating wise, and I don't understand why. Shouldn't have been. Oh, and the fucking Diallo yellow card as well. What the fuck was that about? I was really angry at that decision. I was very angry at that decision, to be honest with you. He gets, he, what was it, two, three times he gets, like, his leg hacked at by two different players and he gets he gets a yellow card for protesting about it or getting his leg held. What? Yeah, VAR is okay, but needs to be quicker, says Dale. <laughs> Go on, mate. Yeah, jump, jump in, jump in. Well, um, for me, I thought that um, about Diallo when he got um, thinking of his leg a few times. I thought um, that he had the right to do that, and obviously, um, I wouldn't have thought he would have got shown a yellow card just for doing that. And um, it was a bit of a ridiculous decision by the referee, like um, against Gellhart, um when the referee had a hold of his throat. Um, I thought that would have been a stonewall penalty, or at least something like that would have been given, <laughs> but nothing was given whatsoever. Um, yeah, it's it's just a it's just an absolute piss take. Um, it is the the the. the <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, their goalkeeper actually got a yellow card in the 86th minute for time wasting as well. That's funny. <laughs> Um, you know what? I'll t- we'll, we'll talk. We'll report the ref. Well, I I literally repl- responded to the AFL's Twitter post at the end of the game and just went, "Is there a way to look into this ref for corruption?" That's all I've replied, and nobody's responded to it. So I would, if I was in the, if I was in the Sunland camp with the contacts and the reporting, I would literally put in a, a flagged report against that referees decisions there's there's a lot of video footage of it he stares at he stares at blatant fouls and just ignores them um i don't think he is a fit referee if he was a premier league referee my days the 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 qualification is way too easy because that was not fair the the whole idea of a referee is to one make sure the rules are being uh, looked after but most importantly is to look after the welfare of the players on the pitch so those dangerous tackles should have been stopped from minute one. Doesn't matter when that fell comes in. Doesn't matter if it's twenty minutes in. Doesn't matter if it's ninety nine minutes into it. it. 
the referee needs to protect the players. That's why if a fan runs on the pitch, they, they get the security off it. If a massive fans run on the pitch, they will cancel the game. So, yeah, club should have reported them. Uh, but yes, we'll talk about the moment of brilliance, the Ahmad goal. What are your thoughts? Uh, thunder, thunder cunt goal. I'd say, I'd call it. What? <laughs> Why? Why are you calling it that? I don't know. As in, like, it was like a pretty banger goal. To be fair, I know we were losing, but it was a pretty decent goal. To be fair, yeah, it it was ultimately a consolation goal, right? The the, the fact that we broke their clean sheet record, um, and didn't add to their tally because Coventry are the uh, team with the most clean sheets this season in the championship with 15 I believe um, the fact that we didn't let them add that to 16 is is a little mini victory I can take onto it Dean saying it's a little bit too little too late um, mm. what, are you, what are you saying Brad? Yeah because um, obviously I think when did, when did he score was it 90 plus 4 minutes or something? Wasn't Na- it? it was in the 94th of 96 minutes so there was still 2 more minutes of given player to go through because of the amount of subs we had and the second goal and the yellow cards for time wasting so the referee did add enough time on for the game in the second half I think um, but yeah 94th minute to, to have that moment too little yeah, too late yeah. is a perfect summary Dean you agree? yeah 100% good um, Rosie's popped in with a ch- uh, question as well um, about the administration of the club next season. Um, Ahmad needs a rest as well. I mean, he didn't really play the entire game, to be honest. He had a very poor performance um, up until that, that goal. So I agree he does need a rest, but also so does Gelhart, so does Bath, so does Ballard. Um, there's not enough rotation for Patterson. Patterson doesn't run around that much. So, yeah, like, there's a lot of players that could be rotated around a bit, but we've got to trust Mowbray's picking the right player and the player's fit enough to play the full 90. He does come on. Um, yeah, the, what what are your thoughts on the stadium doing season cards by phone next season? And for me, obviously I'm hundreds of miles away. It doesn't really impact me that much. I watch everything via SAFC. I support my club in the way I can. Um Travelling up that far is just unrealistic. So hence why we've got the Anthem the Mackham channel and we do watch long live streams. I'm still supporting my club the way I can and I'm helping others um watch the game too. So it doesn't affect me, but I do have thoughts on it. But Jacob, I I'm guessing you're in the same boat. You're you're not massively affected by the season card thing. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. So I try and do similar to you really, you know. Listen or watch to the games wherever possible. Um, or watch things on Soccer Saturday, you know. Or yeah. Before I came on here, I used to watch other Sunderland fans' streams, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. Thank you. And Brad, it might affect you more than anybody else on this call. What are your thoughts on it? Well, for me, there's some good signs and some bad signs about this. Um, the good signs are that, you know, if you have a digital season ticket, Yep. Um, Nobody can nick it. No one can nick it. One, you'll actually get faster entry into the stadium. Two, a lot faster entry as well. Um, but the bad signs about it is, what about if an elderly person has to go on a phone? That's the problem about that. So, 
the 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 tech technophobes I'll class them as so the elderly the the people who are not um able to kids stuff like that the people that don't have access to the phones they still have a digital pass they could print out a piece of paper with their barcode with their QR code on so it's not preventing them getting into the stadium it's just making wow. it so you don't have a physical card you just have to have that QR code to get through the turnstiles. So if you want to print it off, you can print it off. It's not a complete disaster. Um, mm -hmm. It's not like you need a very specific mobile phone with a very specific um, token on it and you scan your phone. You're scanning a QR code, which is static and um, is basically, I think it's a, it's a much better security thing because... You're not having people scanning the same barcodes going into multiple turnstiles. Um, it's much more secure. The um, ID checks. The only thing I'm concerned about is if people do try to fake the system a bit and get through, like, because before you could use the same barcode on multiple turnstiles, you just couldn't use it on the same one because the system didn't talk that well. It would just check, validate, and then OK. If you yeah. scan at the same time on two different turnstiles, you could get in. So um, it's completely got rid of that cybersecurity risk, which was there with the old with the old system. Um, so I think I think it's a good thing that that the club are looking at other ticketing vendors. They're looking at digitization, which is ultimately going to save a lot of thing, but. The one thing I'd be pissed off the most about is I like a physical ticket. I like to say I've been to this game and here's my ticket. Here's, here's my thing for my memory book. That's what they'd, they'd get rid of. So, yeah. It's a PR disaster, not thinking of the older generation. I think they're not saying it's going to be purely digital either. They're just saying they'd prefer you to have it. So... Yeah, it's not a mandated thing that you have to have a phone to to attend the games. It's it's literally not that at all. I think that's what people are reading into it. Um, yeah. Do you do you agree? Do do you disagree? Because it does affect you more than it does me, mate. It does. It doesn't actually affect me because obviously I've got a phone, and I can get a season ticket digitally. Obviously, so it won't affect me whatsoever. It it doesn't affect anybody who doesn't have a phone as well. But you don't need a phone to get in the stadium next season. It just it's just that's the preferred method. That's what they're going to default to. The thing that they're doing though is yeah, is it because the, of wasting paper and whatnot. Paper paper's neither here nor there, mate. It's a it's a minute expense. It's card. It's like just card, isn't it? But mm. um, the. The costs behind it make more sense to go smart because then there's no fraud happening and there's no people all hold on to six tickets for this group of people um, and, and hang, hang them behind the counter. Or so or what, There's none of that. It's basically you, you have these QR codes. That's what the 99% of people will be doing. There's still that option mm -hmm. of printing out individual QR codes for a block of, block of tickets. Um I don't know. Other clubs have used it. Other clubs have done it. We're, we're quite late in the pack, so the fact that people are upset about it, it, it kind of, for me, it says that the area are a little bit 
naive or um, behind on the times for attending events because you need you need digital tickets for pretty much everything in the UK now. Uh, London's a prime example with Oyster cards and um, and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's a lot of smoke at the minute and. There will be a, a method for people that aren't able to access a phone to still get into the stadium. We're not. I don't think the club will want to have that PR nightmare that people have mentioned. But yeah, if you don't have a mobile, it's unlikely you have a printer, and it's unlikely that you have a computer as well, Dean. Yeah. So you'll go to the ticket office and ask for a ticket, and they can still print one out. It just means you're last in the queue. So, if there's empty seats and you go to the ticket office, um, you'll still get a ticket. That's essentially all it's saying. So, these elderly people or um, the kids are still got still kids still have season tickets, right? But not every kid has a mobile phone. So, are we saying are we saying like you could scan a family in? You'd have to go into a specific area. Like, is that separating fans? I think there's a lot of things that we don't know about it as well. Um, well, where we sit, um, where we sit, we've got like a family zone area, mm-hmm. so that could be ideal. Yeah, <laughs> Deal says when I first went, it cost a quid. It's much easier. Nineteen sixty nine. Wow, <laughs> been a Sunderland fan for a while. You've actually seen the glory days of Sunderland. One evil alive then. Oh, Rita Kisha, welcome along. Uh, yeah, all right. I think we've we've talked. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I think we have exhausted the um, the previous game, the Coventry match. We've talked about the um, season card stuff now. Shall we move on to Alex Neal and the Potters coming to the stadium light tomorrow? Um, Jacob, Jacob, you still there, mate? We'll go, yeah. we'll go with score predictions first, and then we'll talk about the Alex Neal situation, and then we'll work out where our conversation flows from there. So, score predictions, Jacob. What do you think? Uh, 3-1 Sunderland. 3-1 Sunderland. Okay. Goal scorers? Ooh. Diallo, Pritchard, and uh, maybe Roberts. Maybe Roberts, okay. And Brad? Um, I'm saying 2 1 to Sunderland um, with um, Clark and Ahmad with the goals. Okay. I'm going to go for a 2 0 Sunderland win, and I think it's going to be a Gelhart brace with Pritchard and Roberts providing assists. That is <laughs> a bit of a brave and a very detailed. Punt, uh, punt at it, but I think Gelhart might actually start getting off the score sheet because and the reason I'm saying that is because he's the only player in this starting eleven that we normally go through that Neil hasn't seen or touched or trained or talked to ever. So he's the wild horse. So I think he will he'll be our go-to man for the shots and and the breaking through defenses. Um, Jack Cameron Duty is 6-0 six, Yeah, Keisha's 6-0 That would be, that'd be hilarious Rosie's 5-0 <laughs> R- Rosie's 5-0 uh, Snake Alex Neil Stoke 0 
Doom with a 2-0. Uh, the six the six goal scorers, Pritchard, Clark, Roberts, Amadiolo, and Clark with two more goals. Wow. So Clark hat trick. <laughs> That'd be nice, don't get me wrong, but um I think we have got the potential to to smash this. Um Smash this Stoke side. They have had a a bit of a roller coaster under Alex Neil. Let's not beat around the bush on that one. When they joined them, they were what nineteenth, and look how high they've climbed since he joined. We were twelfth when he left us. We've climbed a couple of places, so it's it's not like we're miles better off without him. But it's not like we they're miles worse off either without him. And I think I've frozen. There you go. <laughs> Liam K with a 2-1 or 2-0. So, yeah, I, I think Gelhart's our wild horse there, and I think we'll, we'll, we'll utilise him quite a bit in this match. Um, Brad, Alex Neil returning yeah. the stadium alight. Are you... Uh, which which band or camp of players, uh, fans are you in with that one? To be honest, um, if Alex Neil returns to the stadium, I don't really, I'm not really bothered because it's irrelevant to um what happens on the pitch. Um, and I totally agree what Toby Mowbray was saying yesterday about Alex Neil. Um, because mm-hmm. he says here, Toby Mowbray says Alex Neil returning to Stoke Sunderland this weekend with Stoke is irrelevant to anything that happens on the pitch. Neil was briefly loved by Sunderland support after a genuinely exciting seven-month spell that included winning a Wembley final and getting the Black Cats promoted from League One. Yeah. However, he walked out of the club in August to join Stoke before briefing the press he did it because he wasn't backed and that created a lot of support and animosity towards Neil. Yeah, yeah the animosity was... Um, and I think it's self-inflicted, to be honest. When he says he's not backed... What does that mean? Um, because Tony Mo- Tony Mowbray's been backed as much as Neil would have been, and look how much better off it we've done with Mowbray over Neil. So yes, I do think that Alex without Alex Neil we would still be in League One. Um, that when he came in we needed rescuing, and he did that job really effectively. We put a lot of faith in him to do that, and we expected that faith to continue. For his full contract, um, which would have been another nine months at that point, so at the end of this this season in this summer, then we would have potentially looked at a new contract. But he left because it was a head coach position. Um, he had n- little say on the players that we signed, which I I think that's why he might be meaning by backing. But I think long term. It's better that it's better have unfolded the way it did than him sticking around because I think if he stuck around, we would be in a much worse position in this league. Yeah, hundred percent. Acacia says, as Phil Jagielka was quite good or bad at us in in Sheffield. I'm not looking forward to seeing Dwight Gill returning either. He's an ex Mags player, so Dwight Gill for Stoke, I don't think it was a massive threat. Um, he might have been about five, six years ago, but n- not now. He's he struggled to score this season. Um, for, for me, I think the biggest threat of that team is Lewis Baker. That's a big show. Biggest threat. That's a big show. Uh, 
can you you both said that they're gonna score um mm -hmm. where they're getting their goal from a set piece probably so you think it's our bad defending not their quality but yeah i mean I mean, they're not too threatening to start, but it wants because we're not good. We've not been great at defending set pieces to be there, have we? So it, it won't surprise me if that happened. But well, set pieces has been a downfall for scoring goals. Defensively, yeah. def like if we if we do set pieces score versus against, we definitely have a negative goal difference there. Um, most teams will be around the one mark, or if you're Burnley, it's like. Every three set pieces you score, you've conceded one. So, I think mm -hmm. Burnley aside, the rest of the, the rest of the t league is a little bit more balanced. What's happened to that? Um, the, the Burnley have gone off my league table because they're, they're already in the Premier League. That's right. <laughs> um, says, I also absolutely love Grandad Mowbray. As he said to Nick Barnes yesterday, may the best team win after that after Nick Barnes had interviewed him. Um, well, if it's purely down to who has the best potential, the best players on paper, the team in form, even though we've lost, we're still on a better form than... We've lost the last two games, haven't we? But we're still on a better form than Stoke. Yeah. So... Yeah. Grandad Mowbray, I like that. Grandad Mowbray. <laughs> he's, Grandad not, he's not that old, you know. He's only 59. He could definitely be somebody's granddad, though. You can see that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder what he had, though, in his press conference. Did he have a Mars bar, Milky Way, Jelly Babies, Randoms? What, what did he I've, have? I haven't seen it. By the sounds of it, Brad might have. Go on. Did, did, did he have any special snacks? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I watched his press conference yesterday, and um, he never had nothing in his press conference yesterday. I think he's embarrassed now. What with he his? Yeah. He loves his rebels and Jaffa cakes and all that. Yeah, he loves his rebels and Jaffa cakes and stuff. It's, it's but I think his mum. I think his mum watches his press conference and his dad and his sons and his daughters watches, and all of them <laughs> thinks he's embarrassed. <laughs> I like how it's become a talking point. What is Morbury eating? <laughs> yeah. As long as he doesn't go to Werther's original, he will. If he gets Werther's original, he will go to the granddad, and that's his nickname. Grand Therefore, yeah. Um, I'm using my headphones now, Amp. I think they're working. I've sorted it, I think. They Good. Are what the case yes is. He hasn't had anything because his kids here and get embarrassed. That's what the case yes says. Yeah. Do you know what? It's his, it's his, it's his life. He, he can do what he wants. Let them be embarrassed. <laughs> It's more entertaining than a Phil Parkinson press conference, isn't it, or something like that? You know. Oh, there's a there's a good question to ask and open it away from just this week's conversation. See, since the year two thousand, who is your top top three managers or head coaches, depending on the title that we're using at that at that year? Who's our best three gaffers in any order? If you want, I can go um, first. Sure. So I'm gonna say, um, Roy Keane, Tony yeah. Mowbray, Mick McCarthy. I've got a few in mind, but it's so it's just free. It's just free. Uh, 
Bollocks. Um, <laughs> Statist- still statistic. Like, yeah, go on then. Even though I want, I was still quite young to remember him. I would, because my first memory was 2010, 2011. I would say Roy Keane, Mowbray. I wish I could do four, but I can't. Uh, maybe Sam. Alli- it's between Sam Allardyce and Gus Poyet, actually. Uh, you have to choose. Piss sticks. Um, <laughs> I mean, Sam Allardyce, he did help us relegate scum. So, but Poyet did get us to Wembley, so it's a do, bit. Do you know help helped us to survive as well? Steve Bruce. Yeah. Brucey, yeah. Uh, broccoli face, or whatever we call him. <laughs> yeah. Face. So. <laughs> Yeah. So, 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 who's your top three? Sorry. So I'll go with Roy Keane, Mowbray, and do you know what? I'll go with Poyet. One Poyet. Okay. What about you, Brad? Have you? I'm guessing you've had a little bit of time to think about it now. Yeah, I've had a lot of time. Um, for me, I think Roy Keane for number one definitely because obviously when he came in, we were bottom of the table and he climbed we right up to, was it top of the league when we won against Luton in that final? Oh, yeah, and was that the season we finished on 100 points or something? Yes, was... it was actually the season when we finished on 100 points. Um, mm-hmm. So, him 100%. I'll actually say, for this one, I'll actually say Alex Neal. Um, I might get a lot of for this. <laughs> okay, because um, of the promotion, I understand it. The promotion, Wembley win. I'm and, a snake, um, a snake. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Fuck it, Sal Allardyce. Okay, okay. Didn't Big, 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 big Sam. Sam? Yeah, Big, big Sam. Sam. You gotta love him. You gotta love Big Sam. He loves his fish and chips, doesn't see, he? See, Big Sam. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so for me, two, two of your choices are kind of, um, are kind of weird because I think both of them have had poor reputations on how they left the club. I know Sam did it for a much better job, which nobody can really argue about going to England. But <laughs> the bribery thing oh, within two weeks after that. Paulo Di Canio, he's the love of my life. Paulo Di Canio, you can um, do something with his wife. <laughs> he doesn't like tomato ketchup, does Paulo Di Canio? Ooh. So, uh, Rosie's chipped in with Roy Keane, Tony Mowbray, and Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson's a an interesting shout. I think he did a decent job for us. Um, I think he stabilised us in the champ in League One and got us towards a the promotion. I think he screwed up February last year, though. That's that that was his major downfall, um, and that's yeah, where Alex Neil comes the, into um, it. He won us the Potter John's trophy, though. But yeah. Yeah, he won us our first Wembley final in decades. Yeah. It, it broke the curse. There's a lot to be said about what Lee Johnson did to build us to the stage where Alex Neil brought us back to, to normality. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm still kind of curious about the uh, Sam Allardyce one because I think the moment he left us, that for me was the tipping point for us falling down the leagues. Um, Sam Allardyce leaving. I think say. I think so. Name a good moment after that, the next five years, and I don't think you'll find one. No, it's a shame. Oh, if, if Allardyce stayed, who knows? His his, his replacement was dog shit. 
Look, look, I'm just going to load them up. Sunland managers. Dower David. It was his replacement, David Moyes, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dower David Moyes. Also. Didn't we go down under Moyes as well? Yeah, we did, yeah, we went down to the championship 16-17 season. Yeah. And and it's a shame because towards the end of our Premier League era, teams like Stoke, Bournemouth, Palace, Burnley, Swansea were overtaking us in the Prem and that shouldn't be happening, you know, in my opinion. Yeah. Michael Bowers touched on that. So them teams were finishing above us and overtaking us while we were just surviving. Yeah. Then again, exactly. Simon Grayson came in, he done a bad job, then Chris Coleman oh, came in, so for, he got So, for me, the worst appointment we ever had as a manager in this entire period is Phil Parkinson. He he yeah. had he had the vibe of a pushover. Don't get me wrong, it works with other clubs, but our players at that time, especially players like Catamol being like the captain for our team, he was a, Lee Catamol was essentially our manager and... Um, Always just 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 there, so mm. um, I think he was just the the spearhead for our fans to blame. So, we're doing good managers. Should we do three worst managers? Yeah, three worst managers. That's easy. Grayson, Parkinson. Uh, I'm Goldman. Yeah, yeah. I'd say Moyes, Grayson, and Parkinson. That that it's that five year spell, isn't it, where we chopped and changed yeah. our manager all the time. It's I know Coleman weren't great, but I don't I don't know, but he just he seen he, he still had the passion though and he won't he won't great, but he was better than Grayson and Parkin was Coleman. Yeah, but, but... Yeah. Interesting. The same in the same year, so they had to play on the same team. Um, yeah. If you if if you ask me the question, who's our best free players this year? Are we counting Lornies in that or not? I'm asking you too because Rosie oh, might be a couple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If we're counting Lornies, oh, yeah, count them. Yeah. Okay. So Ahmed definitely up there. Patson yeah. in goal, and it's a toss up for the third place. But I'm going to edge it towards. Clark over Roberts. So, yeah, Clark, Amadiolo, and Patterson for me. Our current players, at least. Oh, uh, before before you jump in, Hull have taken a second goal, the 2-0 ahead against West Brom. Yeah, 2-0 up against West Brom, aren't they? That's a benefit of having the live stream. Um, that helps us quite a bit, by the way. It gives us a little bit of safety. We the lowest we could drop after tomorrow's results if we do lose to Stoke is down to tenth. So we're not going into the bottom bottom half of the table anytime no. soon. So I, I think we'll finish tenth come end of season. I think that's our final position, tenth. Yeah. We should, yeah. Be, we should be proud of ourselves for our first season back. We've done really well. Well, I might do a video because I've done a video at the start of the season where I said every team I think would finish. This is one yeah. major embarrassment in there where I said one team might get double relegated. That hasn't happened. <laughs> that's Burnley, isn't it? Um, no, no it's not. It's Norwich. Norwich. It's Norwich. Norwich. Yeah, I thought I yeah, thought they'd crumble. They were, like, they were 21st in the table at one time, weren't they? Yeah, they, 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 start, they started the season really poorly. And it looked like I was going, oh, yeah, I'm definitely right. But now the seventh, so I'll just... <laughs> Don't look embarrassed at all of that one. 
I think Ipswich fans will be angry at your Amf because they're thinking, oh, I hope Amf is right. And then. <laughs> I doubt it. I, I think like 80 people watched the video, mate. So I think I'll be all right with that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, who are your favourite three current players for the club, Brad? Well, for me, I'll see Anthony Patterson. He's done absolutely outstanding this season. He's done an mm-hmm. outstanding job for me. Um, I'll see Jack Clark for hundred percent, and I'll see um, you know, I'm going to see Abad as well. I'm going to see all three. You, 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 you can't copy me. That's I'll, I'll put in a strike against you on your YouTube channel, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, okay, we both we've both got three players of the season there going for it. What about you, Jacob? What are you saying are your three best current players? I'd say Patterson. Pritchard. Oh, he hasn't got it. Oh, two out of three. Pritchard being the difference. Yeah, okay. Pritchard. It shows you how uh, influential they are. Do you know what I find surprising? None of us have mentioned Ross Stewart. And I think if he was still yeah. fit, we would all throw his name in the hat. Could be talked about as well because I think Elise has done pretty decent this season as well. Oh no, uh, no, 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 no. Elise is doing all right this season, but he's he's not top three of our current squad. I'm sorry, but he's he's a good player. But what about Trey Hume? Do you not think he's in there? No, because his first 15 games of the season were quite middle of the road, and we were struggling early early doors in the season with him in. Um, but yeah. since he's come on to form, yeah, he's absolutely he's he's working his way up that list. But um, yeah, Rosie says, yes, yes. Go on. Did SCFC see his Barrow, Bath, and Roberts? Centre backs. Do you know what? I, I give them a good shout as well. Fair player, Roberts. Yeah. Roberts is a good one. Uh, the thing that frustrates me with Clock and Roberts is the amount of time they hold on to the ball. There's a clear and obvious pass, but what they want to do is draw as many defenders in and four out of five times they get tackled and give the ball away. But that one time that they break through everybody is just amazing. So the fact that they try it five, six times and still manage to get through is much better than not trying at all, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. interesting. Uh, Rosie says Jack Clark. Patterson and Stewart. So Stewart's name has been thrown into the hat. Oh, and Acacia's just been greedy here. She's, she's put four names in the top three. Jack Clark, Paddy Roberts, Tri Hume and Stewart. So I'm going to scratch off the last one because you mentioned him last. And <laughs> he's currently injured, so he can't really improve on his season. So you're having Clark, Roberts and Hume. For your free Acacia. I'm not having I'm not having anybody cheating getting four. Not happening. <laughs> well, well tomorrow, um this being a sun do you know the sun and predicted lineup? This is how it's gonna start apparently. It's gonna be a four two three one um formation. Standard uh, for Sunland. Yeah. It's gonna be Patterson and Gore, Barrard, Bart, Hume, Alessia, Neil and Pritchard, Ahmad, Roberts, Clark and Geldhart. So the only, di- the only difference is the left and right back, then? Yeah, the only difference between the left and right back, yeah. <laughs> the only difference. <laughs> uh, Liam's popped in the chat and says, Bath is ex-Stoke. Well, d- well didn't, didn't we get him directly from there? Yes, I think you'd want to get one back on them tomorrow, like. 
Like you've got them directly from Stoke. I don't understand. Like he came in and and basically found his feet within within a match. It it didn't take him long to settle in at all. I think he had to kick Bailey right out of his position to get that starting starting um starting main man for us at the back. But since he's been in, I don't think I don't think we've wanted to get him out of the starting eleven at all. Yeah. He, he's he's been Rosie, that solid. Rosie said, "I would have said Sims if you were still playing for Sunderland." I wouldn't, to be honest. the 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 thing that peed me off about his first couple of weeks is he um he twisted his ankle and he was out for eight games. Was that after the Reading game, wasn't it? Am when we beat Reading three uh-huh. 0 Yeah, yeah. He, he did enough. He he went in that Reading game. We were nil nil. He had two shots and went. I'm not getting the ball in the back of the net today. I'm going to pretend I have an injury. He he stubbed his toe and went, right, that's my perfect opportunity. I'm off. And as soon as he went off, we changed things up and we scored three goals. Um, Clark, Clark's goal is still... Oh, that needs to get one of the best goals at the season. You know, end of the season, they need, that needs to be... I bet that will be up there, won't it? When that's, oh, that yeah. Ball. That's team. That's definitely team goal. It was team goal. It was goal of the month, but it's definitely just... It's just so weird when you get the goals of the year, goals of the season that early in the <laughs> that early in the season because there's there's been loads for others for Sunderland, aren't there? As well as that one against Reading, you know. So there's been there's been quite a few for Jack Locke as well. Did you not see the one where he scored against um? Or what, who was it? Was it Bristol City up here? Um, yes, yes, it, yeah, yeah, it was when we um yeah. we drew. Well, he, well, he struck that shot from like um twenty five yards out or something. Thunderbolt, yeah, Thunderbolt goal. Yeah. I'm just looking at the championship top scorers, right? So obviously Stuart is still in our our highest scorer, but we have six, uh, not six players, four players, three players that are in this top thirty list, top twenty five list actually. Ross Stewart on ten, Diallo on eight, and Clark on seven. The fact that we're not reliant on just our strikers or weren't reliant on just our strikers to score is huge. Like not many teams have goal scorers that bang them in as many times as there. So Clark's on, Clark's on nine, sorry. Diallo's on eight. Sims was on seven. Um we've had twelve goal scorers this season for us. Mm. The only person who hasn't scored, I think, is uh um Patson. Every single. Yeah. Alex Bastard. <laughs> oh yeah, I find that weird. Do Do you think Bass will be a player for Sunderland next season? Next season. Nah. No, for me. No, no. I can see us getting rid of him and then just us getting another second hand goalkeeper, whatever you know. I think, Sec- I think he'll go back to League One. He's more likely to go back to League One. Or a team that's just coming up. The problem I have with that, though, is I think we need to recruit two goalkeepers next season because I think Patterson might be on the way out. Yes, he's on his way up to a Premier League club, Wolves or Leicester, I think. He's going to be sold on for big money, isn't he? That's that's our. Yeah. I think. Sorry? Go on. Oh, no, go on, Bradley. Sorry, man. Alright, or he's um well Patterson when he goes, do you not think we should cash in on um Daniel Iverson from Leicester? How old is he? 
have a look. Two seconds. I don't know how old he is, but um, let's have I, a look. I, I, t- the reason I'm going to say no, just just my gut feeling from it. I haven't watched a lot of his games, but Leicester have s- Leicester have struggled massively, especially with stopping shots. I know it's um, they're a Premier League club, and they're, they're coming against the likes of Haaland and Salah and stuff like that, but. I, I I wouldn't want a Premier League reject keeper. I'd much rather have somebody who's League One, League Two, literally like the best quality of that league, and pay about five hundred grand for them rather than ten like ten million price tag that Rosie says, or three million yeah. price tag for a Premier League name when you can get somebody who's on the way up rather than. He's twenty. He's twenty six year old, Chris Daniel Iverson. And um, okay. he's had 47 spells at um, Preston on loan, but he was at loan last season as well there. He's had 23, so... Did you just say 47 he's... spells? Yeah, 47. He's been at Preston 47 different times, or he's played in 47 oh. games. Sorry, oh. he's played in 47 different games. I'm not Right, sure. okay. Sorry. I thought you meant he's went out to this one team 47 times. At that rate, I mean, just fucking sign him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's been he's been out on loan more than fucking Peter Crouch has changed his club. I think Uh, he's been there more times than um, David James has changed his hairstyle when he was a goalkeeper. He used to have different hairstyles. Honestly, (laughs) that's a bit of a throwback and a bit left wing. yeah. Left field, not left wing. Jesus. Um, right. So we've done top three. Top three. Should we? Should we wrap up? We've got about ten minutes left of the stream before um, before we start to, to finalise it. Should we just all like sing "Glory, Glory, Man United" for a couple of minutes and uh, be very, very happy that <laughs> the Mags um, lost two nil in the final and they didn't even look like. They were in with a shout. Um, Why not? I mean, we can't play the music of it, can we? Because we'll get bloody copyrighted. So, <laughs> yeah. Did you did you manage to watch any of the game? Because I was um, I was basically doing house chores and listening to it on uh, um, BBC coverage of whatever audio wise. I didn't actually see the goals until I watched the highlights. But yeah, I watched it. Watching it live, did you ever get the perception that they were going to score anything? Because the only kind of... I'm just finish off the quote. The only kind of threat I think Newcastle had on that game was through Bruno. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it was. We don't talk about Bruno, no. <laughs> no, we no. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. <laughs> Bradley gets it. <laughs> but yeah, I think did did you did you see any like threats beyond Bruno? Any any kind kind of chances for Newcastle to get anything from that match? To be honest, I didn't know. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> be careful, Brad is an ex mag. Oh, you're not, are you? Yeah, I am, to be honest with you. Oh, oh my God. Ew. Ew. Thanks, Fancy Liam. Fancy mentioning that, Liam. I, I mean, I mean, he, he, it's it's like going from wiping your ass 
with um with sandpaper to using a bidet, I guess. Like you've you've picked the better team. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> you've I've you got with the better team. choice. I've supported you... this team for nine years. So oh, that feels weird to me. Fan. How, how can you change from being a Newcastle fan to Sunderland or something? It's oh, I don't know. That was nine years ago. Was that the season that Newcastle got relegated? No. Wasn't the season when Newcastle got relegated? It was about six or seven. It wasn't nine. That would have been 2016, 17. They got, no, they got, relega- they got relegated twice. They got, they got money 16, 17 uh, with Rafa Benitez from the championship when we went down. Nine years ago was 2014, mate. So they were in the championship that season. What? Yeah. I thought they were in the Prem in 2014. I swear they were in the Prem. Yeah, I thought they were as well. They were yo-yoing up and down around that period, weren't they? Yeah, Newcastle were in the Prem at 2014 because we won the one at their ground. Was that the yeah, start yeah. of the six in the row? Yeah, that was it the was start of the six in the row. Okay. <laughs> was it that start of the six in the row that made you convert them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never, I've, I've never, ever, ever, never even remotely considered supporting Newcastle. I just, just couldn't. No, no, you can get fucked in the bum if you think I'm supporting Newcastle. Fuck off. No. Literally, I started supporting football in like 2008, 2009. And I supported Newcastle when I was only about four or five years old or something like that. And I didn't even understand what football was at the time. It was just the more popular, yeah, okay. So it was just more popular with the kids around you that you just, Along yeah, with that. Most of the people from my primary school were Newcastle fans. But um I moved into sort of like a secondary school and all of the teachers supported Sunderland, so I went with Sunderland for my good instincts, so I went with them without being a Sunderland supporter ever since. Okay, so you didn't make it as a you didn't make that conscious decision to switch from Sunderland to Newcastle when you were an adult. It was still a a, a childhood decision. Okay. That for me yeah, is a, that that for me is a okay. I don't mind if somebody goes from Liverpool to, to Everton when they're when they're in school. It's when they're out of yeah. school and they've been to games, they've brought been brought up in that culture and, and then made that decision. So, so is your family in Newcastle Bradley or were they Sunderland? Like What the secondary school Your family the primary school. Your family. Oh family, sorry. Um my mum's a Newcastle supporter and a Sunderland supporter. I don't know how she can be too, right? But, hey um, And my dad supports Arsenal because he's from London, so... Nah, fair enough, Arsenal's all right. I mean... I, I'm, I'm sorry, but your mother's just confused me. That does, that's just not allowed to happen. I bet she might, she might have had too much to drink, but you know. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather um, tie dye my curtains than support the mags. Go on, Ruth. I think I'd rather in my hands and clap than support Newcastle, man. Bloody hell! Do you know? Nice. Do, do you know what? Uh, Northeast teams. I I I'm more than happy to support any kind of infrastructure and um, upgrading programs that happen in the Northeast, even in Newcastle. What about Hartlepool, Amford, Dia? Yeah, the, anywhere, anywhere in the northeast, anywhere in the northeast, I'm happy for the development of the sport in the area because ultimately that means that there's more interest, more eyes, more money, more growth, and more talent in the northeast, and we show a really good light 
on how good our football is and why we are or have been champions and best in in the league. It's been a long, long time before since that's happened, and I'd like to see that happen again in my lifetime. But the one thing I can never support <laughs> is Newcastle winning a trophy or winning a title. I don't really like Gateshead. I don't really like Gateshead to be honest. I know they're small, but no, Gateshead are basically Newcastle's C team. Like, don't get they're literally just playing white with a black trim. It's they're they're trying to be Newcastle. Just trying to be the new 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 Newcastle for the hipsters. Gateshead and Newcastle be a big derby. To be fair, if they played each other or. Would they not be bothered? Would they be just friendly to each other? Say that again. If Gateshead and Newcastle played each other, like in a cup, yeah. Do you think, do you think like there'd be any fighting involved, or oh, do you think it'd be? Just... I think it would be respectful. It's kind of like when Durham play Sunderland. Like, yeah, the the teams are on the way; they're in the same same area, but there's a bit of respect there because at least mm-hmm. you're not Sunderland, at least you're not Newcastle. There's that vibe to it. Um, Wouldn't it be? Like... Sunderland versus Darlington or Sunderland versus what is it, Hartlepool, something like yeah. that, really. So Liam Liam uh, chips in and says I wouldn't dare support the smoggies either. So I wanna oh. sound I'm gonna I'm gonna be really, really uh, controversial here and I've got a mini soft spot for, for Middlesbrough because of two two people that have gone from Sunderland to Middlesbrough and I like them as players. Julio Walker. No, fuck Paddy McNair, mate. Julio Walker <laughs> Julio Walker and Duncan Watmore. Both those two players have, have bleed northeast and that that I can get on board with. So the mm. fact that the fact that they went from one red and white club to another red and white club in the northeast, I, I can be on board with that. Um and Liam's chipped in says I'm also a South Shields fan and I know exactly why you're a South Shield fan. Um and it's something to do with KP roasted peanuts. <laughs> oh my gosh. Good old Kevin Phillips. Um, yeah. Super, super, yep. What a perfect way to wrap it up. Um, Is there anything you just want to um, to jump in and, and shout out before we, we wrap up the stream? Um, yeah, just to um, just to basically plug my channel as well as your channel, Alf. Um, sure, go for it, buddy. When are you next live, and how can people find you? Um, I'm next live on tomorrow night. To be fair, about quarter past ten. Um, after the Sun and V Stoke game, so stick around for that. It'll be a review of the Stoke game, and after that, I'm live with actually Anthony Backham on Tuesday evening. What the smoggy guy? Yes. Yeah, that'll be fun. You're live from uh, Gateshead College? Or... Yes, I'm live from there on Tuesday evening, yeah. So Perfect. now I'm on 233 subs. We've got 67 away to get the 300. Um, can you all please like and subscribe to the channel if possible, please? And Amf is 113 away from 1K. So all you've got to do is subscribe to both channels and that'll be appreciated from me. Thank thank you. You. Thank doesn't you. cost a penny, does it? Doesn't cost a penny. Oh, oh, didn't start. I, I do not want that to be a catchphrase on this channel. No, thank you. What about the Preston Fuck off with the Preston manager, mate. Fucking dick. I'm gonna mute you in a minute. Mute you in a minute. Um, 
Anyways, my goal on all these streams is to hit 10 likes. We've smashed that already. So thank you, everybody who's tuned in at any point. Appreciate that. And, um, yeah, I'm next live tomorrow with the watch along for that Stoke game. Keep an eye out on this channel. Hit subscribe if you like it. If you listen back on the podcasts for the Mackham Football Show, um, by the way, we're on Spotify, Apple Music, all of the good podcasting services. So if you want to listen to this and not watch my ugly mug, um, feel free to do that and catch up on that whenever you like. So thank you very much. Catch you next time. Well, lads. See you later. How are the lads? FTM.